1: Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. I have Ruben Mejia. Uh, he's the CTO of SportsArt. The website is GoSportsArt.com. So Ruben, thanks for coming. How are you doing today?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, so what is SportsArt? What's the company about?
2: So SportsArt is an, a manufacturer of fitness equipment. We make treadmills. We make strength machines. We make plate-loaded machines, doctorize basically anything that you see in the gym we make. Uh, we don't make anything like uh, medicine balls or dumbbells or any type of accessories like that. It's more of the, the larger machines. Um, and what makes us different than everybody else is that we've got a, a line of cardio equipment that generates electricity as you work out. So um, we're we're using that to, uh, to our advantage and trying to get uh, folks that are um, more sustainably minded.
1: Oh, so for an average gym, I don't know how many treadmills they would have, for instance, let's say like 10 or something. Like, at peak time, you know, 4 or 5, 6 p.m., let's say, or in the morning, how much electricity can the gym generate from all the people using the equipment?
2: You know, it, it varies on, on the age of the treadmill and how well they've maintained it. Um, but pretty much a standard, an industry average for treadmill, a motorized treadmill consumption is about a half a kilowatt per hour. So you know, it would be, you
1: know, be funny if the gym was like, we need to rate, we need to work on our electricity bill The better shape you guys get in the lower our electricity. <laughs> so they, they, they yeah. say, like, the longer you go and the harder you run or jog or walk or whatever, the more electricity we make, you know. So it would be like a fitness-type thing oh. for them.
2: Yeah, funny funny enough, we've got customers that actually offer some of their uh, some of their members discounts based off the amount of electricity that they've that they generated.
1: That makes sense. That's cool. Yeah, they shed, like, a calories into electricity program, you know, an exchange program.
2: Yeah, no kidding. We've even done, like, charitable events where – um, if you produce so many watt uh, watt hours, uh, we'll donate X amount of dollars for some charity like we did. the uh, um, We did one event in Europe where uh, the more, more watts you generated, um, we donated water. So we called it the Watts for Water campaign.
1: Wow, that's cool. Huh. So what, how did this idea come about?
2: You know, our founder has had this idea probably since the early 80s, um, but he knew at the time that the, the market wasn't ready. Uh, so about 10 years ago, we finally... Uh, put it out in the market and um, it's slowly been adapting uh, more more recently about the last two or three years. It's kind of been taken off a little bit more um, globally. So we've got anywhere from, you know, a, a small boutique gym to being the only finished manufacturer allowed to sell uh, our cardio equipment into the sustainable city in, uh, in Dubai. And I'm talking like the, the, the sustainable city is complete net zero property. Like you can't drive a car there everything has to be electric. They monitor, you know, all all your waste. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, intensive there, but you know, they're they're doing a good thing for the planet and our equipment is the only one that doesn't consume electricity. It actually generates more than what it consumes.
1: Yeah. Okay. So the average user is it, well, okay. So there's different equipment, there's treadmills, there's maybe stationary bikes, there's other stuff like that. So, um, Mm -hmm. On average, when someone's using one of those, do they have to work out really vigorously to make it a net zero consumption or even just casual use works?
2: So our equipment just casually within seconds starts generating more than what it's what it's consuming. Um, when it's turned on in idle, uh, meaning not, not in a workout, it, of course, it's drawing electricity just like any other device would when it's plugged in and the lights are on. But... Within three seconds on our on our new treadmill, you're already producing en- enough electricity to power all the components inside. And if you were charging like a phone, it would provide that electricity as well, plus feedback into a local grid. So um, yeah, you can be you can jump on a treadmill and and start running really fast, or just kind of start walking and you and you'll be producing electricity.
1: Wow, what's it like for the person that's going to use the equipment? Like, do the gyms just put it there and it sits there and people don't know or do you have to, like, shepherd the gyms along and tell them, hey, this is how you need to promote it and talk about it and all
2: that? Um, it's a combination of both. Uh, more recently, we, we've been approached by more gyms that, that have a, some sort of sustainable practice. And they've already got that message inside their gym. Like, they don't, they don't sell water bottles. They have, the, like, the refillable bottle station. They've got biodegradable cleaning products and, and, and things like that. So adding the equipment is just a, a complement to their sustainable message. Um, but we also have gyms that – yeah, we also have gyms that um, don't really have that yet, but they want to get started, so we kind of coach them into, into the message. And we're not trying to, to tell the gyms, hey, be a commercial for sports art. No, not at all. Um, we're the only ones that have this type of technology, so that publicity that, that comes with them is eventually going to come to us because, like I said, we're the only ones that have it. So we try to coach these gyms into you know, developing a sustainable message, to, into incorporating um, that message into the tours for prospective members or even uh, existing members as well. Um, some gyms like us to produce some sort of pop-up banner or maybe even a short video that kind of um, is played right in front of the equipment just to give those, those members a chance to, you know, read and see um, whenever there's not a staff member nearby. How
1: do the gyms take it on? Do they do like one piece of equipment at a time and they showcase it or do they – overnight like change over a whole bunch of equipment or is this for like new gyms
2: it's for for anybody based off of their their situation um i I would say on average what we typically do is um because this is fairly new technology to them they don't want to just replace all 20 of their treadmills so what they'll do is they'll create some sort of green corner and they'll say okay here in this green corner we've got this equipment that actually produces electricity and they'll kind of try it out to see how well the members react to it and um if it's successful then they kind of roll in a couple more uh, uh, uh more pieces of equipment little by little um for, in with regards to our treadmill um it's a little bit different the self-powered treadmill with slats and um it works counterintuitive to what you would think a, a traditional motorized treadmill works so when you when you're on a traditional uh, motorized treadmill you press you know you increase the speed and the belt moves faster and you're moving faster well with our treadmill you have to run faster because you've got a brake that's kind of releasing and you're at an angle. So if you don't run faster, you have the potential to slip off and and, uh, fall off the belt. So um, it takes a little bit of of adapting just because folks haven't seen it before. But once they they hear that you're not only burning calories, you're also doing something better for the environment, it's usually a a bigger motivator for for those types of gym members.
1: So, uh, interesting. Oh, Can you retrofit existing treadmills and other equipment in the gym?
2: No, no. Our, our technology is patented, and it's all built into our equipment. Um, in fact, you you don't even have to change your your standard outlets because we, we use your standard three prong outlet that you see at your house or in your office or, or wherever, and uh, you just plug it in and it starts working.
1: That's cool. Are you, what can you say about how it works? I mean, it's patented, which is great, but like, what's the mechanism by which it it uh, generates and stores yeah. electricity or just generates?
2: It's actually, yeah, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, think about a, a hamster wheel, right? If the hamster's on the wheel, it, it's, it's moving and it's turning the wheel. Well, with us, when you pedal or when you stride or when you're running, um, you turn a generator, and that generator produces electricity, and then it goes into a microinverter, which actually cleans the power into a form that can be used by that circuit that it's plugged into. And by cleaning, I just mean uh, that it can be the right voltage and the right frequency, so that other devices on that circuit or even in the building can use that electricity before the building pulls power from the public utility company.
1: Is there a circumstance ever where the gym will produce more power than it's consuming and sell it back to the grid or is that not happen?
2: In theory, it's possible. Um, you, you, you'd have to get a lot of people exercising and, and you have to buy a lot of equipment. Um, the sad truth is that, uh, gyms consume a lot of electricity when it comes to air conditioning and lighting and television and, and sound and, and everything else. And if they have poles, even worse. So um, we're never going to tell you that you're going to start putting electricity back into the grid because, you know, the, the, because of how much those gyms consume. But we, we would like to tell the gyms is that, Hey, we're going to help you offset your electricity costs and also provide your members a, a different way of working out that, that, attracts to their, um, their their social responsibilities.
1: Okay, so what's the uh, anecdotal response from the gyms? Like, what are some cool examples of how certain gyms are using?
2: <laughs> really cool. Um, we've got a, a gym in Sacramento, California, who in combination with a uh, solar panels and battery wall, dropped their electricity bill from $680 down to $30. Um, we've got a... Uh, a was 9, a, day or, or f- a
1: day or a month?
2: Per month, per month.
1: Okay. Um, okay. We I have a gym. Uh, I
2: mean, uh, we and, and this is a small gym too. Um, we yeah. have an installation in New York where our, our gym is in a nine thousand square foot building, and um, it's a completely net zero property. They have windmills, they have water mills, they have uh, solar panels, they have moss insulation. Moss, yeah, all when you think the most sustainable practices, these guys have it, and um, our our equipment it's producing 5% of that total electricity that they have there in that, in that facility. Um, we are, I just actually came back from an installation in, in, uh, St. Pete's Beach called centrifuge where, uh, this, this young lady is opening a indoor cycling studio and that's her whole, her whole pitch. You're going to be working out, you're going to be burning calories. You can be, you're going to be burning sweat and you're going to be producing electricity and doing things better for the environment.
1: That's cool. Interesting. Yeah, that's a great example. So one gym was almost able to completely cut off its electricity bill. To almost nothing to 30 bucks a month. Correct.
2: Yeah. It's, it's yeah, pretty it's interesting.
1: So what, how do people respond that go to the gym? What do they say to the gym owners or to you guys?
2: You know, the the folks that we've talked to responded, responded really well. Um, it, at first, it, they're a little confused because, you know, when you go to the gym, you're used to your treadmill, you're used to your elliptical, and all of a sudden you've got a new console in front of you. But the function the functionality is the same so you have to show people how to do the workouts how to go into the pre-program workouts you know where the where the controls are and they just kind of adapt to it slowly and and start working out and start doing better things for the environment
1: okay but it's not like an alien thing the treadmill it's pretty easy is it looks similar to most treadmills no
2: not at all you know there's a few self-powered treadmills out there that have some sort of like a a curve um our treadmill for example um, has a four-degree incline so that it helps power the generator with your, your body weight and gravity, but it also doesn't deter the average user. Um, I, I consider myself an athlete, and when I get on some of those treadmills, I feel like a, like a baby giraffe because I feel like I'm going to fall because I'm not stepped in the right place, and I can imagine somebody who's who's not athletic um, getting on one of those treadmills and, and, and having an even harder time. So there's there's no real learning curve. It's just a matter of... Hey, jumping jump on a different on a different machine.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> again, is it is it smart to try to retrofit existing equipment or just to do new stuff? Like, if you were able to retrofit existing equipment in an effective way, would that be a good market for you, or, or not really? No, no, it wouldn't.
2: Um, just because there's so many fitness equipment manufacturers out there, and not just the big name brands. Um, if, if you were to go to any of the, the the fitness trade shows, especially like in Europe, you'll see that there's hundreds of equipment manufacturers from like residential down to up to the commercial grade. So we just want to, you know, make sure that, that when we do something, we do something well, and we know our equipment already because all we're doing is adding, you know, the generator and the microinverter into our existing treadmills, sorry, our existing ellipticals or, or cardio machine. And uh, we're able to, to be more of an expert as opposed to um, just trying to be good at everything.
1: Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Hmm. So are there particular types of equipment that, uh, you know, work better with this arrangement versus others? Like a treadmill is the best or what, what works best?
2: Um, if I were to guess, I would say that the indoor cycle is probably our, our highest producer of electricity, just because when, a fo- when folks jump on an indoor cycle, they're really going at it for 30, 45 minutes, even an hour. Um, whereas you compare it to a treadmill, you know, people aren't going to run as long as they would exercise on on an indoor cycle. However, our treadmill also comes with the push feature. So you add a little bit more resistance and um, it works kind of like the Prius regener- regenerative braking system works where you apply f- uh, friction with the brakes and that friction also uh, produces electricity. So the treadmill has a potential to be our highest producer, but um, if you were to ask me right now, the indoor cycle is what's used most.
1: And then in what context does this work best? Like I, w- I would think if you had a class where someone's leading the class and uh, is like, come on, everyone, let's push. And, you know, you generate a lot more electricity than just someone, like, hanging out on the treadmill, walking, or bicycling.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And In fact, in in, in that cycling studio, the centrifuge, um, they also have our our software system, which is called SAWall Plus. And SAWall Plus shows you how much electricity that gym is producing. And one of the things that I was talking to with Emma, the owner, is that you know during the class you're going to see a number that's that's on the television you can say all right guys we want to hit you know up to 1100 watt hours you know we've got 100 watt hours to go and just kind of using that as a motivator so that people can get on there and, and just start generating as much as they can
1: okay very cool um i don't know any unexpected comments you've gotten from users or unexpected ways in which this could be used
2: you know, there, as things go on, there's a lot of surprises because people. There's some very creative people out there, um, and it's just basically using our equipment to complement their existing practices or, or, or what they want to do. Um, our, our technology existed for about 10 years. We're in our third iteration of it, so it, it works. Um, but now people are finding different ways to incorporate it into their into their um, into their scenarios. So yeah, it's really. How does our equipment help complement your message?
1: And is the goal to make the equipment look as normal as possible, or are there some designs you've made where it looks like it highlights the electricity generation portion of it? Maybe it has like a Tesla coil or, you know, one of those lightning globes hooked to it or something.
2: Well, the way we differentiate our, our eco-power equipment from everything else is the green siding. So we don't allow the, the customization of those sidings uh, to, to reflect wherever the gym's colors, it has to stay green. And that, with all of our marketing material and, and all of our PR pushes, we're saying, you know, green is eco-friendly, green is green. You know, so people are going to naturally associate that green siding to something sustainable. Um, and on top of that, it doesn't it doesn't look any different from our uh, non-electricity producing equipment. So you can jump on uh, our upright bike that produces electricity and you, it'll feel exactly the same as our self-powered bike, or as our bike that has a, a uh, 16 inch uh, touchscreen monitor on it. Okay,
1: excellent. So what's uh, what's ahead for the next couple of years? What new things are you working
2: on? Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I'd like to talk about, but they don't, don't really let me, uh, but just, just think it, what, whatever has motion can probably generate some sort of electricity. And we're trying to find the best way to um, develop that type of machinery um, we, the, the, the generating power portion of it, we've already got. It's just a matter of how can we fit it into, say, I don't know, uh, pull a pull-up machine or something, you know? So anything that has motion could potentially turn a generator. So we're looking into different ways in, into doing that.
1: OK. Well, very good. Uh, what what uh, cities are you in? Like, where can people find the gym when they have this equipment?
2: We're all over the world, actually. We've got huge installations um, in, in China, Japan, Germany, Poland, uh, in the US, it's just now starting to take off, but uh, pretty much anywhere, any major city, you, you can pretty much find us. Um, yeah, you want to come to Seattle? We got places here. We got places in New York, um, Florida, you name it. Um, we can probably give you a, a location. Uh, we're even in, in a couple of large in, uh, universities as well, like Ohio State and Penn State. So, um, yeah, you, if, if you were just to Tell me a zip code. I can probably find an installation for you.
1: That's great. Are there certain chains that tend to carry your stuff, or is it more independence?
2: It's a lot more independent with uh, a few hotels. Um, it's a lot harder to get into the chains just because of of all the bureaucracy and and uh, the processes that they have. But um, yeah. pretty soon we'll, we'll be in there. I'm I'm sure that the big chains are not going to be ignoring their uh, their members for too long, and they're gonna they're gonna initiate those talks. So. Right now, what we're doing is we're focusing on the folks that um, really have an interest of in bringing our equipment into the gym, and soon we'll focus on, you know, the much larger change to bring this on a, on a, on a broader level.
1: Okay, excellent. Well, Ruben, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's a very cool idea.
0: Okay. I think it's great.
2: Thanks for having me, guys.
0: You're listening to the Future Tech Health Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Until I reach the age 40... Or even starting to appear on shelves or by prescription or available for your own use. We dive deep into stem cells, CRISPR Cas9, the science of sleep, epigenetics, medical testing, cancer, ketogenic diets, stem cells, aging, regenerative medicine, and more. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career will give you insight into addressing a serious medical problem. Remember, however, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoy the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and share it with friends. Thank you.